Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you and I hope you enjoy this episode. Um, if you've got your Bibles, you can open to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Who loves the Word of God? And when I said 1 Corinthians, what I really meant to say was 2 Corinthians chapter 5. <laughs> but we're in a series we started just last week called Eternity. And online as well, grateful you're a part of the service as well. But last week we started a new series, which I believe is a really important series. One of the main series, I believe, for the year. And we're actually going to be in this series for five weeks. And the reason for it, I believe, and the burden that I believe the Lord has given me is that eternity matters, that eternity is significant, that your life is not a click of the fingers and you just happen to be alive. And that when you pass on into eternity, it's just like, well, it was all just random and off I go. But through the Word of God, we can get incredible certainty and we can see the purpose for our life, but we can also see the purpose for us as well in eternity, that God has so much ahead for those that love him, Scripture says. So I'm really praying, there's a burden for this series, that we would be the type of people that get a revelation, I believe, of eternity. Like my friend Arthur that I talked about last week, that story, Arthur from Sydney, who took the message with one word, eternity, and put it on the streets of Sydney in chalk. But I pray that we would get a revelation and maybe help us get a little bit more um, dialed into eternity, but that would lead us to actually put our faith into action and start to invite people to church and start to see people actually have their eternity secured in Jesus' name and for them to begin to start to think about eternity for themselves and maybe see them start to invite people to church. And I believe as that happens, revival can break out in a city. That literally we could see a city and a, and a region and a nation completely on fire for God. Why? Because God has desired for you and I to spend eternity with Him. And so that's why this series is so important. And off the top of each of these messages, there's going to be a passage of Scripture that we're going to read, that I'm going to pray is going to soak in. It's going to, it's going to be something. And maybe it's a Scripture about eternity that you've never seen before and you've never considered and whatnot. But there's only so much that we can do in 30 minutes, Okay. And so my, my homework for you, apart from bring people to church, which I asked you to do last week, is that this week in your quiet time, and hopefully you get just some time with the Lord every day. That's, that's my hope. That's my pastoral hope for you, is that you would spend just a little bit of time with the Lord each day, okay? But you could maybe take these scriptures into your quiet time and you could pray. You could ask the Holy Spirit yourself, what are you saying to me? How does, this, how does this all flow for me? How, how are you speaking to me through this message, through this series? And so that's kind of the setup. I'm just framing it up for us. But here we go. We're going to keep going in the series, part two today, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. This is the Apostle Paul. And he's using language and story that really applies to God's people. They understand this. They, they, and, and he uses um, pictures that you're going to see in a moment. But he's talking about eternity. 
He's talking about heaven and he's talking about what we're going to experience. So here it is in verse 1, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says this, For we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, by the way, he's not talking about camping, okay? He's talking about heaven. That is when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven. Isn't that cool to think about? That when you get to heaven, you're going to have a roof over your head. And it's going to be a nice roof. Real nice roof. And he goes on, he says, An eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. We grow weary in our present bodies and we long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing. For we will put on heavenly bodies. We will not be spirits without bodies. While we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and sigh. But it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. Look at verse 5. God himself has prepared us for this. So God has intentionally gone ahead and designed it this way. It's kind of like we just need to get on board with what God's doing sometimes. Amen? He's prepared it for us. And he's also guaranteed it because it says as a, as a guarantee, he has given us his Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit testifies and guarantees and seals. And we see it in the New Testament that the, that the whole reason we have the, the Holy Spirit is, yes, so we can go through life and be led, but we can also go into eternity. Verse 6, so we are always confident. Even though we, we know we, that as we long to live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. For we live by believing and not by seeing. Yes, we are fully confident. And we would rather be away from these earthly bodies, for then we, we will be at home with the Lord. So whether we are in this body or away from this body, listen to it, our goal is to please Him. For we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. Come on, let's pray. Let's believe together that God is going to speak to his word like he always does through it to, to us. And, and it's going to be amazing as we submit and come under the authority of God's word today. Lord, we thank you, Father, for your word. God, we're just grateful this morning as we consider eternity, as we think about heaven, Lord, eternal life in heaven, God, we, we can be so encouraged by your word today. We, we can see the certainty. We can see the the confidence that we can have, Lord, through what your word says. So, Father, I just pray that you would do what you always do through your word, that you would nourish us, that you would help us, that you would teach us, God, that you would show us many, many things, God. And we thank you as well for Colonial Kids. Lord, as they're in church right now, as they're experiencing your house and your presence and your community, that you're speaking to them as well. And they're learning about heaven. They're learning about their eternity. In Jesus' name. And we all said together. Verse 9, so whether we are at home or away, the Apostle Paul says, we make it our aim to please Him. Whether we're home or away, whether we're here now or we're there in eternity, the now and the not yet, that's the tension of the Christian life. That's the tension that we live in every single day, this tension. You ever feel this tension? that exists between what's not perfect here on earth, the now that we live in, but then the eternity that awaits us, the then, the what's coming. 
And Paul talks about it here. He talks about our earthly tent. He uses a picture that was, is well known to God's people. There's a feast every single year for God's people called the Feast of Booths or the Feast of Tabernacles. And it's a very significant feast because it's when all the Jewish people, they would go outside of their homes. They go outside of their homes and they literally create a tent and they spend time, they live in that for a period of days. Why? Because it's a reminder of that even in the wilderness that God provided for them. He provided a place for them to live, that they had a place that they could tabernacle, that they could live with, dwell with God. It's exactly the same in our lives. Think about it. We enter the wilderness called the very beginning of our lives. We all start our lives in the wild. I'm a wild man. But I'm saved by grace. What happens is we start in the wild, we start in the wilderness, that's called life, start with a sin nature, but then we encounter grace and become believers in Jesus Christ. And what's awesome about this passage of Scripture is Paul's connecting it to our eternities. Next week, I'm going to get into what heaven is going to be like, specifics. We get it in in the Word of God. We can see it in the Word of God. But he, he paints this picture, he says, hey, there's going to be a time when this tent's going to be no more. Because this is just a temporal situation. Who's grateful today that this is just a temporal situation? That this is just a moment in time. The Bible calls it a vapor. Like just a split second in the scope of eternity is your life, is my life. And I love what it says here. It says whether we're at home or we're away, we make it our aim to please him. So whether it's here on earth or whether it's in eternity, maybe this is the first time you've ever heard someone say this, but whether you're here on earth or you're in eternity, the whole goal is to please Jesus. The whole goal is to love Jesus. The whole goal is to just be overcome by the goodness of Jesus Christ. Home or away, that's our goal. That's our aim to please Him. So that's where we're kind of going with this series. I pray it gets us thinking. You know, thinking is a good thing. You know, God loves your questions. Maybe you're in here today and you're like, I just feel like I I should just, you know. Don't be afraid to ask God questions. Ask the Holy Spirit in in your quiet time. What does this mean? I don't understand this. That's his job. He reveals truth. He shows us what it's like and he helps us understand. So I pray it gets us thinking Guess this may be understanding, believing, getting a greater conviction of heaven, eternity. But what I believe it's going to do is it's going to transfer into acting, putting our faith to action and being a little bit more consumed with eternity. We live in a very temporal world that has a temporal mindset, that is just a consumable world. That's what we live in. It's just like consume, get the very best of what I can for me. And it's just about that. But I pray as believers because we know. We, we know that it's not about the temporary, but it's actually about the eternal. I'd love it if you could write this thought down. This is a big, I call this like overarching themes in a series. I do this from time to time. I, I just love for you to write this down because this is one of them. What I believe about eternity determines what I do about today. What I believe, this is, this is truth this morning. What I believe about eternity, what I'm convinced about, what I believe about eternity that actually determines how I live my life. 
That determines what I do with my life. I recently was just reflecting on this, this time that I had with um, some colleagues I used to work with. Some of you know I used to work in the financial industry before I, um, before I went full-time in ministry. And that was kind of my world for a long time. And man, I tell you right now, the trading desk, it's like the jungle sometimes. It's like you have to fight to survive. And it's pretty godless at times. And I remember just being in there and everyone knew I was basically the only Christian in my office, the only one who believed. And, and I worked with this one guy who was extremely smart, still to, was the smartest person I ever worked with. This guy was so incredibly smart. We used to analyze big companies and, and we, we'd put financial reports together and models that, that showed big companies like, I mean, intricate, like billion dollar type companies. And he would be able to model in a spreadsheet a company in about 30 minutes. And I'm not talking about just like a broad thing. I'm talking about tab, 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 tab in a spreadsheet. I don't even know how to create a tab, but he had tabs. This guy was super smart. And I actually really believe that, that, that God allowed me to be around him so I could learn. And so I, I would spend time with him and he knew, but he was an extremely intellectual person and incredibly skeptical about anything spiritual or religious. And so I'd mess with him from time to time and, you know, I'd just poke the bear a little bit, you know, and have a good time. But one time I overheard him talking to another colleague and they were in the middle of a situation where they had to t- determine what they're going to do, how they're going to how they're going to handle the situation. And basically the long and the short of it is that if they went ahead and did the transaction, then someone, a third party would be materially very not well off. It would hurt them. It would, it would, it would do damage to them. It would be um, the type of thing where maybe you could say that's not the right thing to do. It was like the moral compass was on the line. And I'll never forget what my, what my colleague said. He said to, to the other guy, he said, hey, John, I mean, if there's a bad place, we're all just probably going there anyway, so let's just go ahead and do it. And I remember just thinking at the time, what? Are you serious? I was shocked. First of all, that they were going to go ahead and not make it right. But second of all, that you would just have this defeated, given up on it type attitude towards eternity. That life is just some foregone conclusion. I was just blown away that that was the response that you would just accept an unknown eternal fate as simply what's going to happen. Instead of just giving a moment's thought to even just the potential that there's a heavenly father, a God in heaven that created you, that designed you, and that your life has a purpose. And not only that, that through Jesus, you could go to heaven and that there is a heaven and it's real. See, we live in a world that wants to just help us think that way. It's amazing how it's just all pointed towards destruction. But the beauty of God is that He's so gracious with people. And that sometimes there's a window of opportunity that present themselves in people's lives. Have you ever noticed that God will allow a crisis? Sometimes God will allow things to happen so that there is a moment of unveiling. Has anyone experienced this? You know what I'm talking about. There's a moment of unveiling, a window of opportunity where someone says, I wonder if heaven is real. I, I, I wonder if there's more to this. 
And I believe it can lead us down a path where we can find ourselves in churches like these, hearing the word of God, which is truth, which is absolute, which can give us the answers we need, praise God. But this is what it always comes back to, is what I believe about eternity determines how I act today. And the choices I make and how they impact others. So if you're looking for a title for part two today, the title is this, What Can I Do? What can I do? Eternity, what can I do? What could I possibly do? Have you ever been there? I've been there where I'm thinking about my life and thinking about impact and what I could do. And there have been moments where I've just thought to myself, what could I do? How could I help? In the scope of eternity and God, all that you've created, what could I possibly do? Well, I believe there's answers in God's Word. I believe there's, there's truth that we can soak in today. So you ready? Part two, what can I do? The power of choice. What can I do today? Point number one is this, I can live for Jesus now. To answer the question, what can I do? Well, how can I, how can I think about eternity and what can I do? Well, I can live for Jesus now. And we're going to dive into why that's important because it might sound obvious, but can I just encourage you when it comes to your life, your singular life on your own, your specific life, what can you do? You can live for Jesus and make an eternal impact. Make a change for the better. Live in a way that impacts eternity because living for Him now is connected to your then. What's the best connection point from earth to heaven? It's Jesus. It's Jesus Christ. If we live for Jesus, we live for heaven. Because Jesus, what did we learn last week? He came from heaven. The points last week, we started off by saying and understanding, man, heaven, it is real. It is the real deal. Let's just, let's just answer that question. Let's just get on board with the fact that heaven is just not this concept. It's a real thing. It's a real place. It's distinct from our current reality. And it exists as a place that is real. But not only that, it's where God is. It's His residence. It's His abode. It's His heavenly place. And, and so it's real. It's where God is. But it's also where Jesus came from. And I want you to think about this for a moment. Jesus came from heaven, descended, came to earth, lived a perfect life, died on a cross, was raised by God, and is now back in heaven. So what's in the middle of all that? What's the connection point? Your life. Your life connected to Jesus, living for Jesus, connects you to heaven. That's what you can do. You can live for Jesus now. Just a thought to write down, but Jesus connects me with heaven. Jesus is my holy connection point to heaven. So when we pray, can I just encourage you, you're praying to heaven when Jesus told us to pray to the Father, He said, pray to your Father who is in heaven. It's a connection point to heaven here on earth. So when we pray, that's how we live for Jesus. Another way we can live for Jesus is by following Jesus' example. That's what my colleagues didn't do. But you know, every time you follow the Master's example, that's living for heaven. That's living for eternity. That's living in a way with an eternal mindset. We can follow the master's example. We can live with humility. We can live with a posture 
of grace. And we can look at the gospels. We can understand the stories and look at it and be like, that's how I want to live. I want to live for Jesus and I want to follow his example and I want to connect with heaven. When we look to Jesus as the answer for our earthly lives, we connect our earthly existence to Jesus who is in heaven. It says it in Hebrews 12. Look at Hebrews 12. And verse 2, it says, looking to Jesus. I love that. Looking to Jesus. What can you do now? Look to Jesus. Look in his direction in the morning when you wake up. When you pray. You know, one of the best things I believe you can do every single day, and you don't have to do it, doesn't mean that you get resaved every day, but every day when you wake up, a good thing to do is just wake up and say, Lord, I, I recommit my life to you today. God, I'm tired, but I, I thank you that I'm yours today. I recommit my life to you. I connect with heaven in that moment. All of a sudden, it's just like, man, I'm back on track. I'm right where I need to be. I look to Jesus. Look what it says. The founder and perfecter of our faith, the, the one who begins it and the one who makes it perfect. For the joy that is set before him, he endured, endured the cross, despising the shame. Look at this. And he's seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Live for Jesus and you'll connect to heaven. Live for Jesus in our connection point, which is our lives, mean we connect with heaven. Another way is when we consider the words of Jesus in our Bibles and we accept his teaching in our lives, we can, when we connect with the word of God, you know you connect with heaven? When you connect your life to the Word of God, when you sit down and you read it, it's not the same as just reading a book. Have you ever noticed this? You ever notice this? Just, you just feel on a soul level, something's changing when I read God's Word. Is it just me? I read it, I'm just, sometimes I'm just like, man, I just feel the gears turning in my soul when I read God's Word. But I'm connecting with heaven because I'm connecting with the Word this is how we live for Jesus. This is what we can do about eternity right now. Something else you can do is make a choice for Jesus today. If you haven't, you're going to get an opportunity at the end of the service to make a choice for Jesus for the very first time. So number one, we can live for Jesus now. What else can we do this side of eternity to live eternally and to live with eternity in mind? Number two, we can love what Jesus loves. So we can live for Jesus now, but listen to me, we can actually love the things that he loves. Have you ever thought when it comes to your faith in God and your walk with God, you ever thought, I wonder what God would like me to like? I think about this sometimes, just like, do I like the right things? You know, like I like rugby. <laughs> you know what they call rugby? The game they play in heaven. <laughs> True story, it's on all the... You think about your likes. You think about the things that you like. You think about the things that you love. But we can spend our, we don't, have to, we don't have to worry anymore because we can just love what Jesus loves. If Jesus is our connection point to heaven, the best thing that we can do with our days, we can spend our days loving what Jesus loves. Did you know you can funnel your efforts towards those things? And this is what I believe happens as, as, as we grow in the sanctification process as God sanctifies our life over a lifetime. 
through the seasons of life, what happens is we start to forget about the things that we used to love and we start to love the things that God loves. We start to funnel our efforts towards the things that God loves. And you know what the beautiful part about that? Hopefully you're there already. They're things that are eternal. So I want to give you three real quick things inside point two. Things that you can love that Jesus loves. Are you ready? Number one, he loves the Father. Remember, we're answering the question, what can I do about eternity? Now, I can live for Jesus, but I can love the things that he loves. And one of the things that Jesus loves is he loves the Father. John 17 and verse 22. John 17, by the way, is the high priestly prayer. And it's a beautiful passage of Scripture. It's actually a little snapshot we get of the relationship that Jesus has with the Father. It's this beautiful I want to encourage you this this week maybe to read it, but there's some amazing things in there. It's what it says in verse 22. It says, The glory that you have given me, Jesus is speaking to the Father. He says, I have given to them that they may be one, look at it, even as we are one. Look at that intimacy. Look at that love, even as we are one. When Jesus was being baptized, And through Scripture, there are moments where where God interjects and you can see the love that He has for Jesus. And you can see the the love that Jesus has for the Father. And we can do the same. We can love what Jesus loves. We can love the Father. We can be obedient to the Father. We can obey Him. We can love Him. We can do His will. So number one, He loves the Father. Something else that Jesus loves that we can also love is He loves the church. You know, the church, it's personal to Him. Sometimes we can approach church like it's just like, oh, okay. All right, yeah, maybe I'll go to that thing. Maybe I won't. I've had a busy week. That's fine. Aren't you grateful that Jesus doesn't have the approach when it comes to us? It's just like a maybe. Aren't you grateful today that it's not like, ah, why? Because it's personal to him. You're personal to him. Matthew 16 and verse 18, he says, And I tell you, speaking to Peter, you are Peter. Name change. He says, And on this rock, I will build, listen how personal this, my church. I talked about this at team night. This is not Maddie's church. This is God's church. This is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is God's house. And we've got to understand that we can live our lives in this way. We can focus our attention the way that Jesus focuses His attention. He loves the church. That's why it says in Ephesians 5 and verse 25, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Look at this. And gave Himself up for her. He loves the church. He loves, that's why it's called the bride of Christ. And we can spend our lives. What can you do? You can love the church. You can love his church. You can, you can live your lives in a way that says, you know what? I want to be about the things that God are about. What is God about? He's about his church. Why? Because the church is the answer for the world because it carries the message of Jesus and Jesus is the hope for humanity. Can I get a clap in church this morning? We can love what Jesus loves. He loves the church. So he loves the Father. He loves the church. And the third thing that Jesus loves is he loves people. 
The final thing that Jesus did in his earthly ministry, his earthly time as he hung on that cross was he looked aside of him and he loved someone. And he said to the thief on the cross, he said, you will be with me in paradise. You will be with me in eternity. What can we do? What can I do? What can I do when I wake up tomorrow? Well, there's one thing I can do. I can love people. I can just start off by being gracious to someone today, being loving to someone today. Tell someone that I'm praying for them today. Send a text with a scripture to someone today. I can love what Jesus loves. I can love people. He loves people. He spent his whole time on earth loving, serving, showing us the way how we can do it. It's all through scripture that Jesus loves people. We can do what Jesus did. We can love like Jesus loved and we can love what he loves. So that's point number two, love what he loves. Point number one, we can live for him now. And point number three is we can live to bring people with us. Eternity. I don't know if you've ever thought about this before. This might, you might be a new believer People make decisions for Christ in our church every single week. So I'm assuming there are new people here. Maybe you've never heard this before. But you know you can actually take people with you to heaven. I want you to think about it for a moment. You might not go at the same time. You might not get to step into eternity at the same time. In fact, you probably won't. But when you get there, they can be there with you. We can live our lives answering the question, what can I do about eternity, is we can, we can take people with us. To me, this is one of the coolest things about this series, is that as we do this series, as we believe for God to do something miraculous and amazing, is that we can have this beautiful picture in our minds that, man, when I get to heaven, when I get to experience all of this for myself, I can actually today, I can make a determined effort to say, God, I want people to be there with me. I want people to be there when I get there. I want to walk on into heaven and be like, I know you, 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 you. We can live to bring people with us. And I think that's the most amazing thing about what we can do today is we can do that today. There's an amazing proverb I want to share with you. It's Proverbs 11, verse 30. Hopefully the team has it up for, for me. It says, The fruit of the righteous is life, and the one who is wise saves lives. Other, other translations say, Those who capture souls are wise. You know, ultimately, that, what that scripture means is talking about God. It's not talking about you or me. That's ultimately what it's about. But we can follow the example of Christ. We can follow the example of God. We can be people that help usher people into the kingdom of God. We can be the people that just see someone on the street, get a stirring on the inside and say, ah, oh, I should just invite them to church. And with one invite, something could change. Their heart could turn. And all of a sudden, I'm spending eternity in heaven with them. I can live my life to bring people along, to bring people on the journey. And I pray through this series, we get a stirring on the inside to say, you know what? I'm not satisfied with the current situation and who I know that are believers. I'm not satisfied. I wanna believe for the power of God to hit people and see the lost come home. And one day when I'm in heaven, they'll be there too. 
I want people to experience it as well. You know, here's what I, I, the longer I go along as a believer, this is just truly my conviction, is that a revelation of grace leads to a, a place of wanting it for others. A revelation of grace, uh, being knocked over by grace. And be like, oh my goodness, I can't believe that I get to experience all of this grace. I can't believe that I get to have Jesus and I get to experience this grace. It has to lead at some point to me being like, other people have got to get in on this. Other people have got to experience this. I can't be the only one that's walking around knowing Jesus. I can't be the only one that's just like, this is incredible. Other people have got to know. We can live to bring people along. So would you stand with me? This is what I want to do. We're going to start right now. On the inside of my Bible, this is the first time I've ever actually even said this, but this has been this way for quite some time. Because when I was in the financial industry, I used to travel a lot with, with really, really wealthy people. I used to travel and go to meetings and Sometimes I'd find myself, you know, in meeting rooms with people that is <laughs> so much more important, so much more status, so much more of everything, and I'm just sitting there. And oftentimes I wouldn't even really be saying a lot. I'd be just there observing and helping facilitate and doing stuff like that. And I just, there were times when I'd just be like, God, why am I here? What's the point of me being here? And he began to speak to me, and there were people, and I, I, my, my, my earthly fleshy response would be, there's no way that they're ever going to say yes to you, God. There's no way that they're ever going to come to a place that I've come to where they're going to say yes to Jesus. They just seem so far away. And I believe he spoke to me and he said, write their names on the inside of your Bible. So I have a column. I have two columns. On one side, I have a list of names, unsaved. And on the other side, says saved. And here's what I'm believing, is by the time I get done with all this stuff called life, is there's going to be a lot of names that have transferred from one side to the other side. That's what I can do. That's the part that I could play, that I could wake up every day. And as I pick up my Bible, as I open my eyes and I say, God, I'm praying for Simon today. I'm believing for Simon today. God, no matter where he's at, would you do something in his life? Would you shift something in his heart? Would you, would you make it possible for him to meet someone that knows Jesus and maybe he could find his way into the kingdom of heaven? This is how we can live. So I wanna pray right now. And I just know, because I know how the Holy Spirit works, He's already given you names. He's already given you people. You're already, He's already bringing it to your memory right now. People that you know that don't know God, that are outside the kingdom of heaven. So here's what we're gonna do, is we're gonna believe together through this series, but then through the work that God does. It's all by His power. It's His strength. It's, it's not by might. It's by the Spirit of God that we're gonna believe that many, many people are gonna go from the unsaved column to the saved column. So here's what I want to do. I want to pray specifically for people, for the lost. And like I said, I feel like people have already got their name. Maybe he's given you two, three names. Maybe a whole family of people that you know, that you've encountered, that you've walked some life with. And that revelation of grace is leading to that passion for the lost in you. But I want to pray specifically for those people. So here's what I like to do. With every head bowed, eyes closed, you just ask the Holy Spirit, who, 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 is, who is this person for me? 
Who's in my column that I'm believing is going to transfer? And when you know that name, that face, that family, that co-worker, that neighbour, why don't you just lift up your hand? I mean, it should just be almost immediate. We just, everyone, we all know lost people. We all know people that aren't there yet. We all know people that just haven't seen Jesus for themselves yet. And let's believe together. God, you see these hands that are raised, Lord. We lift up, like we're lifting up our hands right now, Lord. We lift up these people to you. We lift up their, their hearts, God. We ask that you would soften their hearts towards you, Lord that there would be a softening of, of their hearts, Lord, towards the things of God, towards eternity, towards the possibility that there could be a God in heaven that loves them, that cares about them, that wants to save them, that wants to be in relationship with them. And God, we just ask right now that you would help us do our part, whether it's an invitation, God, whether it's just to keep praying for them, having the courage to step out and maybe say something, invite them, God. I just pray right now, Lord, that you would save people that you would bring people into the family of God, that you would bring people into the kingdom of heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's worship. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you to also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.